give me a call at 307-674-2356. I will be happy to visit with you. For some fun photos and videos of paving operations, follow Sheridan Main Street Project on Facebook and Instagram or visit the City of Sheridan's website. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Another great summer event is coming up soon, the Sheridan County Fair. Fair and livestock exhibitions are the foundation for agricultural promotion and a time to remind everyone of the key role that agriculture plays in our local economy and daily lives. It provides opportunities for youth and adult education. The First Federal Bank and Trust family would like to extend congratulations to all the youth who worked so hard all year long to be able to show at the County Fair. Community is the heart of First Federal. First Federal Bank and Trust, true community banking for over 88 years. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Patrick from Harker Mellinger. Our advisory services are designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners so you can focus on your business. Our relationship is customized for what you want and need to ensure your business is as efficient as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Harker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. Got a chip or need a windshield repaired? Hi, I'm Cindy Wolf. Jim and I were both born and raised in Sheridan and are proud to continue to run Novus Auto Glass as a locally owned business. Novus Auto Glass has certified technicians to put your windshield concerns at ease. We strive for professional quality work. Novus provides a lifetime and national warranties on all installations. Novus Auto Glass, 1034 Broadway Street, or call us at 307-672-0139 to set up an appointment. Did your late aunt leave you with her home in her will and all 30 cats that have been living there for years and now you don't know what to do with the cat house? Bio-renovation can take it off your hands. The house, not the cats. No matter how bad it may be or what smells may be emanating from it, Bio-renovation will come out, take a look, and make you an offer. Face it, you're not going to sell it any other way. Contact Bio-renovation today. Find them on Facebook or at Bio-renovation.com. You can listen to this Sheridan Media radio station on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Sheridan Media is live streaming our radio stations. So if you don't have a radio handy or you're out of town, just go to SheridanMedia.com, find the radio station you want to listen to, click on the link, turn up the volume. Each station has current local news, weather, sports, and more. You can take your favorite Sheridan Media radio station wherever you go, on your smartphone, tablet, or your computer, anywhere. SheridanMedia.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. This morning, I am joined by Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns Executive Director, Christine Dietrich, and Resource and Development Coordinator, Dan Alsup. Good morning, Habitat. Good morning. <laughs> we all kind of in unison yeah. together. Now, uh, Christine, how's your summer been so far? It's been great what we have been able to enjoy of it after <laughs> it started to warm up. Yeah. Yeah. You work in uh, you work and live in a world that is so weather dependent on progress. Uh, how did the weather really affect our builds this year? 
weather wasn't so much a factor. We try to plan ahead and have projects that are dried in so that we can be outside of the elements. And, and that's also really important for our partnership with Sheridan College since we host the students on our job site. So weather wasn't as much a factor as maybe some other challenges that we have faced. Really? Other other challenges? Uh, what, what are those other challenges, if you just uh, toss them out there offhand? Sure. So, you know, other challenges would just be access to materials and supplies on the job site and our resources as far as people. Having people on staff to help build, having volunteers help to build, that's been probably our, our biggest challenge there uh, recently. Yeah. Dan, how's your summer been, my friend? Floyd, it's been spectacular. Um, glad to see this nice summer weather finally uh, setting in. Looking forward to, uh, you know, finishing out strong. Uh, been really busy down at the ReStore and uh, looking forward to getting some uh, some good uh, progress on some homes. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. And we've, we've got um, lots of lots of action in the restore and lots of uh lots of homes kind of started and getting ready to to build and get some dedications hopefully soon how how many homes will we have this season alone so there are currently three homes under construction two families who recently closed and moved into their oh, homes that's fantastic and then we are planning to have our eight uh sets of twin homes poured and one set dried in before it snows again whenever that happens so we have a lot on our schedule looking ahead of us this season and that's a you and i were talking just a little bit before the show that's a great problem to have i am busy (laughs) especially when it comes to habitat you're getting homes up for families you're getting families in those homes now how many families do we have on like a i don't know what you call it a potential list a, a client list so for the first time this past year, we had to place families on a waiting list. We haven't had to do that before. We've been able to build as many homes as there were families who applied and were approved to be in the program. So we have six families on the waiting list. We do maintain what we call an inquiry list, which are those folks who are calling asking to be contacted when we open our application cycle again. And we have close to 50 people on that list right now wow and this is the the first time christine that you can remember you've had to make this type of list yes it was quite the discussion amongst our staff and board at the time we had seen and this was last uh last year when we opened up our application cycle so it's been a while and we had a record number of people who applied for homes and we were able to partner with four families but placed six on the waiting list at at that time you know I've, i've spoken with the city the county Many costs have increased due to that supply chain issue still interrupting the system, which uh, I was speaking with Commissioner Thompson. It just it just surprises us how, how long this problem has kind of lingered after everything was supposed to have come to some type of conclusion. Have you seen increases, not just in, in, in prices of materials, but the cost of building itself? Have, have you guys seen that across the board? 
Yes, absolutely. This, this is something that we have been keeping track of uh, right about when costs started to really spike in, in during COVID. We, we use that as a reference now in our time. And so we've seen expenses such as windows and doors, 50% increase. Holy cow, ca- um, 50%. Yes, our truss packages, our framing. Uh, overall, the average increase to our cost for building a home has been around 30% increase. Now, those costs are somewhat stabilizing in some areas, but they haven't and they won't drop down to what they were in the past. So this is something that we just have to plan for and fundraise for um, so that we can just continue building. Yeah, things things are not going to go back to the way they were. I mean, I think uh, these, as you said, these increased costs across the board, they're with us now. Uh, it'll only go up from here. Uh, there's that famous meme about Homer talking to his son, you know, uh, and I think about that. This is the cheapest day of your life so far. Uh, now, what material could Habitat use right now if, if someone actually, they might have a surplus of it. They may be looking for someplace uh, to, to deliver that. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, in the immediacy of things, I could use some concrete. That would be amazing. I, I know one of our challenges has been trucks and transportation of materials even, so that's that's something that we are dealing with. If someone had an excess of, of siding or lumber or, or, or OSB, um, that would be amazing as well. Those are some of our higher costs, and any way that we can cut costs would be, would be great for us. It goes right back into our building program, and, and theoretically we can build more and build faster. So we would love donations of those types of materials. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the process, when a home is complete, we're not recovering the cost of construction because we are offering loans that are affordable to each family, and that's unique to their financial situation. And so that cost of construction has to be kept as low as possible um, to ease to ease our efforts of, of fundraising as much, you know. So um, we're not going to stop fundraising, but we know that while the community is super philanthropic and supportive of our efforts, there's only so much that we can do and try to cover for costs there. So if there were contractors, developers, anyone who was willing to partner with us in those types of supplies, that would be great. Where do you guys get the majority of your supplies now? We shop local, so we have partnerships and, and do business with Connect, with Blowdorn, um, Home Depot. Uh, we haven't shopped outside of Sheridan. You'd like to keep it right here in-house, yeah. We would like to keep it local, yes. Uh, and so, again, partnerships with other contractors and builders would help us be able to continue to do that. So if a contractor is out there listening and he hears this and he thinks, you know what, I would love to be able to contribute in any way, do they just need to contact you or is there someone that they could go through? 
Uh, they could contact me. They could contact Dan because he's our resource development coordinator and let us know that there are those types of supplies they'd like to contribute to a build. And of course, we would love to highlight them as a partner in our efforts and give them the recognition that I know that they probably are wanting to to help support their business. Now, how are things going at the new location? Uh, you, you kind of put everything under one roof finally. Uh, I think the majority of people know that you've moved. Uh, but uh, I was speaking with someone who, who is in the in the old location, and, and they kind of direct every now and then. <laughs> you know, hey, if you're looking for them, they're over here now. Yeah, so we're all under one roof now. The ReStore is operating at 44 Fort Road. Uh, admin is operating there. Construction offices are there, and our storage is there for the build. So we're all under one roof, which is amazing. Uh, we still are trying to get the word out that the ReStore is there. The food group bought the old location, and so, you know, we'd love to keep our customers coming to the new spot. But I think so far it's going well. I think people are loving the new location. It's easier to find. It's easier to access. We've restructured our pricing at the store. So we've got lower prices and trying to turn over inventory pretty quick there. Uh, so I think things are going going great. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And uh, I'm glad you said that address one more time, if you would. 44 Fort Road. All right, folks. So that's where you need to go. Now, Christine, you and I have had these discussions before. We've seen studies, proposals, there's been committees that have been formed, all to help create solutions to a problem that has plagued Sheridan for well over 20 years. Uh, Ron Richter has been doing this job as a Sheridan media reporter for quite some time, and uh, he told me on multiple occasions, you know, Floyd, I've been reporting on this housing crisis since I got here, and Ron's been here for over 20 years now. So affordable attainable housing you work within these circles uh what are some of the solutions that you've heard uh people propose that you would have wanted to see in in a development sure so uh, we're going to start within our inner circle and then go big. So habitat-wise, the creation of the housing uh, land trust is going to be one solution to that problem um, because it's going to expand from homeownership opportunities to rental at a higher area median income bracket than habitat can provide through a traditional homeownership model. So we're looking at meeting that uh, workforce housing, that missing middle of housing through rental and homeownership opportunities through the creation of that housing land trust and there are public meetings being held so everyone can go to the county website and see when those are and keep tabs on the progress there but that's really exciting that's one piece of the puzzle uh, you know I, I think that there is the two biggest challenges that I see are land acquisition and the cost of infrastructure those are the top two challenges that that everyone's facing as far as meeting the demand of housing, whether that's building new housing or, um, you know, remodeling housing, repairing housing, um, providing education to potential homeowners uh, so that they can be successful in their uh, homeownership endeavors. But um, from a local level, I think that the 
local municipalities have a hand in that as well. There's some ownership that can be taken there. There's always uh, zoning or coding that can be looked at that can promote attainable housing or the development of attainable housing. I think that would that developers right now have and contractors and builders have a great opportunity to voice that as well what are their challenges to um, their municipalities the city county uh, ways that they can help support that and promote that on a statewide level I know that there's been discussions about a statewide housing trust, and this would look like essentially a pool of funds that could be accessed by you know, not just nonprofits, but uh, for-profit businesses, contractors, developers, um, tribal entities that can be used for attainable housing or workforce housing projects. Now, that takes some some work to do. There's some legislation that needs to be passed to be able to create a statewide housing trust, and that takes some time. I think that the support of the community and those who live here in Wyoming is really important in moving that forward. Um, there's no such thing right now. Um, and so that puts a lot of pressure even on your local municipalities to do what they can do to promote that internally. If there was a source of support from the state, that would be uh, amazing just to alleviate, alleviate some of the challenges that we face in building workforce housing. But you would say we're gaining ground. I think we're definitely gaining ground. I, I, you know, going back to the housing land trust for for Sheridan, that's an amazing step in the right direction. And that's a collaboration between the city and the county and Habitat and supported by the community. And and I think that really showcases how great our community is across the state because other communities can look at us and say look at what Sheridan is doing to address this issue um, so we are headed in the right direction uh, locally um, and I think that we can be an example to others in that in that aspect building the model yes absolutely. which is a very difficult long process because there's so mm -hmm. many different aspects of this to consider building the model and, and taking action not just having a study but having some follow-through and some accountability and ownership there by the city county and habitat in that way all right uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming women's build when we come back you're listening to public pulse on 9:30 KROE and 103.9 fm sheridan First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan USBC is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. 
The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Summer's here. That means warm weather road trips. You're ready, but is your car ready? Are your tires safe for hot weather driving? Midas Tire and Auto has rebates on name brand tires. Is your vehicle's air conditioning running on empty? New or old, including the most recent YF Freon systems, Midas works on all AC systems. Getting and keeping you safely on the road for this summer's travels. See Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Hey there, folks. Is your water well just not the well you want? Feeling like you're stuck in a drought? You tired of waiting for water like it's a slow-moving turtle? Well, lift your head up high and take a walk in the sunshine. Call 307 Wildcat Well Service, and they'll have water flowing like a river. They know where the good water is and how to drill for it. If your current well is leaving you high and dry, Google 307 Wildcat Well Service for water. Cool. Clear water. This is Ken here at Prime Rate Motors, where we understand everybody's situation is different. We recently had a customer that needed to keep his ranch truck, not trade it in. What he needed was a car for town. After visiting with him, we discovered that what he did have was an extra stock trailer. We were able to take that trailer in as a trade-in and got him a nice economy car that was good on gas and easy to park downtown. Stop in. Let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the Super Trailer Store, or PrimeRateMotors.com. Ladies, you know that one thing you've been dying to try but don't know how to get started? Well, I'm here to help. This is Candace Crane, General Manager at Sheridan Honda and Power Sports, and I'd like to invite you to check out my podcast, I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors. This episode, I'm talking to a local backpacker, Rachel Black, who is self-taught and recently returned from a solo trip in Patagonia. She'll share why she loves backpacking, tips on how to get started, and a few embarrassing things she's learned along the way. I Want to Do That is sponsored by Can-Am and will be available on sharedmedia.com and wherever you get your podcast. Morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm speaking with the executive director for Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns, Christine Dietrich, and resource development coordinator, Dan Alsop. Habitat for Humanity for the Eastern Bighorns is set to begin their annual women's build. This is an opportunity for women to proactively engage and make a tangible impact right here in Sheridan County in a collaborative and friendly atmosphere. This build sends a positive and powerful message of women helping women. Now, uh, one thing, before we go too far, Christine and Dan, I do want to say it doesn't have to just be women. Men can join this build as well. That's something that we wanted people to really know. But this really is kind of the goal to bring together these powerful groups of women and show them uh, that uh, you can take this situation by the horns. Absolutely. You know, not just empowering women, but allowing a safe environment for them to gain new skills, to have fun, and just to be comfortable in an environment that they're not used to every day. You know, there used to be that old honey-do list, right? And now uh, the honey-do list is getting done by the honey herself. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And this is where you can learn to do that kind of stuff. When 
will the build be taking place this year? Uh, Floyd, it'll be August uh, 1st through 5th. So it starts next Tuesday and we'll run through Saturday. Uh, we got, there'll be two shifts a day, uh, th- I think three hours a piece. So a, a morning shift and an afternoon shift. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we have the, the foundations ready and we're going to be putting up some walls and it'll be amazing to see uh, the progress that uh, we'll get done in that, in that one week. Yeah, our tagline is strong women build strong communities. That's right. So. That's right. Now, is there still room if someone's out there and they're like, oh, here it comes. This I've been looking forward to this. Uh, maybe they got sidetracked with rodeo. They got fair coming up, but they want to be a part of this. Uh, do we still have some spaces available? Yes, we have. You can get on our website um, to, to register or call me, uh, call Habitat and ask for me or email me at dan at sheridanhabitat.org. But we have, uh, we have a afternoon shift on Tuesday the 1st, uh, some spots in the morning on Wednesday the 2nd, which is a popular time since it would be cooler, and then Thursday and Saturday in the afternoon, there's still some some spots available. Now, Christine, correct me if I'm wrong, but many times a group of women will get together and they'll get a sponsor, correct? Yes, yeah, so we have team sponsorships that, uh, you know, $500 for um, five employees of that business or $1,000 for 10, which fills up the whole the whole shift for either the morning or the afternoon. And then individuals can register as well. So we encourage both. Regardless, we do also encourage everyone who participates to fundraise at least $100 uh, to try to get us to our goal of 10000 overall for this event. Now, th- this is a national thing. Yes, this is a national event, and it's been going on for years, and, and we love participating in this event. It's certainly grown over the years. We used to have it as a one-day event. Now it spans the entire week, which I think think allows uh, for more opportunities for women to be involved and just creates um, a week full of excitement and and buzz over our building and our efforts and for businesses in the community. So um, it's it's a lot of fun to be able to participate and just to know that we're, you know, while we may be hosting 100 women, there's probably well over a a thousand women participating nationwide. Far more than that, even. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'd, I'd guess that, tens I'd of thousands, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this idea, uh, um, maybe we don't even know how, how it all kind of came together, how it all evolved. Uh, is that kind of lost to time, Christine? No, it was, it's, it's been, uh, it, Habitat, you know, is an international organization, and they started it, it was, I, I, was, I you can't quote me on this, I think it was in the um, 90s. And it's just been kind of a national movement through the internet for through Habitat for Humanity. Uh, so, like you said, it's they they kind of came up with the idea and uh, and uh, kind of ran with it. And the affiliates across the country have just uh, kind of taken it on. And uh, that's kind of what the neat neat thing about Habitat is. It's just like a, a national, international, actually, organization. And so we, I mean. I, I think the number would spend over six hundred thousand since they've started. Have been, 
and the amount of volunteer hours and, and homes built are, are just unbelievable. Absolutely. And one thing that I do want folks to understand, and Christine, you and I have talked about this, it was a number um, of interviews ago, but all money raised here stays here, doesn't it? It doesn't go to a national uh, foundation. This is us supporting our own community. So this event, yes. One of the things that Habitat for Humanity here in Sheridan does, though, is tithe 10% of our net proceeds for resource sales to global building. So that is an important part of our model, too, is just supporting um, housing efforts across the world in, in whatever capacity that is. And that is through the restore. So this event, though, for Women Build uh, supports our building efforts that we had talked about earlier in the show, our three houses under construction, our eight twin homes in Ranchester. So $10,000 helps us get one step ahead in, in those local efforts. Yes. Now, this has been going on a number of years here. Uh, do you have a story of a great experience while on a build? Well, I don't really have a, the great experience. I mean, anytime you're on a build site, it's just, uh, it's highly recommended. It's, I honestly it's, it's think just it's great. just full of laughter. Like when I uh, imagine that, just people having fun putting a house up. Yeah, but but the, the neat thing about, and it's the Habitat model, there's a lot of current partner families who, you know, have or have homes that are getting ready to be built that'll help out with this house. And then there's one uh, person in particular I know that uh, I think, think they've been in their house for seven years but she continues to do the women build every year uh, to give back which is the habitat model and it in the kind of the habitat model of you know when you when you donate to a, a habitat house it's it's a long-term investment you know you're not it's you know this you you help build a house and it's going to be you know somebody's home for 15 20 30 years so it's not just a like a one and done thing it's it's investing in in, in somebody's future and just the future of of sheridan county you know, absolutely people can stay and live here and work here it's really so. one of those those things where you can feel the action taking place uh the, the action of giving uh because you're out there with a hammer or or you're putting up drywall or you're helping to lay some concrete I mean, that's that's really the, uh, you know, money where your mouth is. This is action where your mouth is. Yes, absolutely. And it's so funny that Dan brought that up because I was thinking the same thing about previous homeowners or, or current homeowners who are on our builds. And that's probably the, the greatest uh, experience and, and something really fun to witness. And I'd also say, uh, just to add on to that, just seeing um, that the, the the different and diverse groups of women that we have come through from high schoolers to um, seniors, women of all ages and uh, skill levels coming out and uh, learning something new and having fun. It's every year there's something new going on um, and new groups of people coming in or, or you know, recurring volunteers coming through and it's, it's just so much fun. You know, and, and think about the friendships over the years that have been formed on this build that are probably still so tight. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Now, okay, I'm, I'm running out of time with you, but uh, real quick, Christine, should folks keep a particular date open for the Wolf Creek Wrangle this year? Uh, I'm going to get you back on the show. We'll talk about just exactly what this is. But for those who know and those who love to partake in this, where are they looking for uh, a run this 
So it'll be on September 16th at the historic Eaton's Ranch, as always. This event is held every year on the third Saturday of September. Um, you can learn more at the website, runwolfcreekwrangle.com. Registration is open. We're securing sponsors already. So like I said, we're busy. We've got a lot going on, raising money to build our homes right now. So um, yeah, September 16th, check us out. Come run with us. Dan, there are some individuals out there who want to help, but maybe they don't have the ability any longer to pick up a hammer. How can they help Habitat for Humanity? Oh, there's lots of ways. Um, well, volunteering at the ReStore is a great, great thing. There's there's always stuff to do there. Uh, you know, we, uh, processing donations, cleaning things, getting them ready. Uh, uh, we When we have volunteer builds, uh, sometimes we provide meals, and so just bringing out a meal to, for the crews is great, um, you know, or snacks or water, anything like that. Especially uh, in this heat, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we always could use, we always have water on hand, uh, pretty good at keeping people hydrated. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just, I mean, even you can just call and we can usually find something that would, would fit your, your interests or your skill level or, or in your, your your uh, flexibility or your schedule and stuff so fantastic uh, there's just the always always looking you know volunteers are kind of what drive a drive habitat and on all nonprofits. so yeah we we love our volunteers and uh and uh there's we if they want to volunteer we'll find something to help us uh move our vision forward of uh creating a world where everyone has a decent place to live many hands Many hands. Get yours in there. Christine, Dan, thank you both so much for coming in this morning. It's always a pleasure speaking with you guys. And Christine, I, I appreciate your expertise on housing crisis and, and being able to talk with me about that. Thank you. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to speak with the Sheridan County Library System. Stay with us. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 Caraway at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan USBC is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Safety and independence of a loved one, or perhaps yourself? LifeLink provides alert systems that work in-home or on-the-go, anywhere in the United States, 24-7, 365. We are managed right here in Sheridan with installation and maintenance done by a local representative. No long-term contract, no service cancellation fee. For more information on LifeLink of Sheridan County, call 307-751-9348. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties 
for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Fresh Palisade peaches and pears from the Sheridan Sundowners Lions Club can be ordered at Third Thursdays in Sheridan or by contacting the club at sheridansundowners1 at gmail.com. 20-pound lugs are $40 for peaches and $30 for pears with arrival in early September. Proceeds from orders help fund vision screenings, eye exams, glasses, and even operations for youth and needy residents in Sheridan County. Also join the club for the main event Gravel Grinder, a fundraiser bike ride with 25, 50, and 80-mile lengths to choose from. For more information, visit maineventgravel.com. Have you been online to the Sheridan Commercial Company Office Supply website? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. SheridanCommercial.com will allow you to explore and compare prices with other national brands. We offer delivery or in-store pickup. Over 41,000 items are available by going online at SheridanCommercial.com. That's SheridanCommercial.com. Plus, we carry a line of supplies in our store for your everyday needs. The Sheridan Commercial Company, Office Supply Department at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the Sheridan County Library System Branch Manager, Zach Smiley. Zach, good morning and welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Now, uh, how long have you been branch manager? I've been the Ranchester branch's manager for two years and almost seven months. I took over on January 1st. Ranchester. How big is your guys' library out there? I've never visited. We have about 19,000 items. Uh, we're a fairly small branch. We're about the same size as the story branch. Uh, a tenth of the size as the library in Sheridan. So a tenth of the size of the Fulmer. But when it comes to, like, requiring materials Mm -hmm. or someone goes in and they ask, one thing that I've always loved about library systems, if you don't have it, you can get it to me. We do, yep. If you go to the Sheridan branch and you need a book and I have it, I'll send it to you. Now, what exactly does a branch manager in a library do? Whatever we gotta. Uh, <laughs> Fill every role, right? You know, in a larger county, a larger county system, um, your branch managers would be have more set roles. Out in Sheridan, you just kind of have to do whatever you need to do. You gotta check out items, you gotta order books, you gotta make sure that the library's infrastructure is good. So rather than being uh, more focused, you know, like a more in-depth job. Mine's pretty wide. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to do whatever needs to be done. But that's kind of cool at the same time, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. If you were to actually say what's your favorite part of your job, what would that be? Helping patrons. Really? Like yeah. the, the service of it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that's why I do it. Yeah. 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 That's the most fun, being able to help people. At what point in your life, in your schooling, uh, were you kind of going along, getting things done, and you're like, you know what? Library. I want to work for the library. I had just moved back to Sheridan, and I didn't have anything to do, so I was just hanging out at the library. 
and one day I saw that they had an opening, and that was it. Oh, really? And, so yeah. you just... I didn't even know if it was going to be a real thing. I was like, well, I got to do something. Yeah. And got the job at the Fulmer branch and worked at the circulation desk there for a little bit. And I just fell in love with it. Right. Fell in love with like the service of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just being a part of the library, helping people find books, being a part of the whole process, making sure that people, when they come in, get help. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people might not think, but yeah. it's a fun experience. Uh, and, you know, when I think about libraries and, like, going into a library, I've never had a bad experience in one. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I think uh, it, I'm always kind of surprised and a bit overwhelmed at the amount of information I can get because you get in there and you're like, I want to... It's kind of the way that my father used to read encyclopedias. You know, I go in there with a very specific subject in mind, but then all of a sudden, two hours is gone because reference this, reference that. So I'm going in to figure out what those little pins on jeans might uh, actually mean, and then all of a sudden I'm studying frogs for some reason. (laughs) It's an amazing process. Yeah, the original internet, right? Yeah, exactly. We needed to find something out. Um, Libraries do and offer quite a bit more than that than just books now, especially in the information age, but it's mostly just helping people make sure that they get what they need. Because you guys have, like, DVD, Blu-ray type of media. If someone wants to rent a movie, they can actually Mm -hmm. go down there. Yeah, we offer information of all types. So, yeah, there's DVDs. Um, We also offer audiobooks. Um, These little, like, things called a playaway. It's just a miniature little MP3 player. Oh, wow. Pretty handy. Um, We also have an online service through an app called Libby by Overdrive, which gives access to digital materials uh, from the convenience of your own home. You know, when, what was it, back just after the first turn of the century type, the first couple of years there, the the development of the Nook, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was another one, but I can't remember the name of it. The original Kindle. There you go. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it was, you know. And and now we look at those things, and they're just obsolete because people can get all this information on their phone. They can't get it on their phone. What we've also found is that reading something on a digital screen is more difficult than just grabbing a book. Really? Yeah. If you, like, close the app and it doesn't remember your place... That's a lot harder to find than even if you close a book without a bookmark. You can remember where you were just from the visual of, well, like, I was halfway through the book. I know where to go. If you need to go back to reread something or if you want to look ahead to see if you've missed something, That's doing really... that on your phone is difficult. Yeah. Like, it's just, especially, that was a big worry you know, kind of mid-2010s of whether or not the Kindle and the Nook were just going to make a library obsolete. But what we really found is that, one, we can offer all of the same things, but two, people just like reading on books more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, uh, recently restarted Hubert's Dune. 
Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi geek. <laughs> I love it. So I recently restarted that, and, and you know, they always kind of give you that offer where it's like, well, y- you can purchase the physical book, or mm-hmm. we can give you this digitally. But there's something magical about holding that book, smelling the ink, you know, <laughs> like the old saying, smelling that paper and that pulp. There's something magical about that. There is. Do you see youth come in and they go right to their their favorite section, like the the teen section or the little kids section? Do you still see that magic in in future generations? Yeah, yeah. Something great about books. Yeah, they just work as a little piece of technology. Yeah, and um, and they are so, they're absolutely a piece of technology. Yeah. Yeah. We what? might have gone from like stone tablets, but it's all the same. Yeah. And yeah, there's always a new reader out there who comes to the library for the first time and realizes, oh, this is what I have access to now. Yeah. I bet that's an amazing moment as a librarian to to see that light just click on for a little one. It's very rewarding. As I said, that's why I do it. Yeah. But yeah, there's always some, and it doesn't always have to be kids. You'll just have someone come in and realize like for the first time, oh, this doesn't cost anything. Yeah. This is just ours. We can just come and use it. And the digital access at the libraries for a lot of individuals uh, who may not have like website or web access at home, you mm-hmm. still see a lot of people come through utilizing the computers and the laptops, even though oh, yeah. that accessibility has expanded. Yes. And we're a rural community. Especially, I, I'm out in Ranchester. You have people out in Story and Claremont. Yeah. Sometimes the library, like not even in Justin Sheridan, in other rural communities, the library is the only point of access for this kind of stuff. You know, it, if your internet goes down, if your printer breaks, if you have to send a fax, something that people just don't keep around in their house anymore. <laughs> the but fax machine, yeah. But there's government agencies that only accept a fax. Wow. Like, where where are you going to go? And so it's people, library. people if, if you need to send a fax, you can go to the library. Yeah, it's, it might be the only place left in town. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that crazy to think? that yeah, It's the little things that you don't think about, and I'm talking about librarians. Like, we don't think about that we still offer that other places just don't you know if you get a new employee do you have to teach them how to use that fax machine yeah (laughs) it's just it's just funny uh you know like uh learning uh you know an old printing press or so it's just this old piece of technology that we still insist on using it has that feeling for sure (laughs) you know it's like we're gonna i also have to teach them how to use a cuneiform tablet or send a uh um, what are those called? Where they did a Morse oh, code, yeah, Morse yeah. code telegraph? Yeah. yeah, telegraph. That's it. Now, uh, folks know that I'm I'm kind of a sci-fi fantasy geek. Yeah. What types of books do you like to read when uh, you sit down and read them for enjoyment? I have moved closer to nonfiction as uh, the years have gone by. Um, I also was a huge sci-fi geek. That was kind of. I think that's how that a I lot of kids get most, into it, yeah. right? Yeah, you really want to. Everyone, I think everyone's read Lord of the Rings and Star. <laughs> like they watch Star Wars. Like science fiction and fantasy is great. Absolutely. 
Yeah, but no. Uh, read a lot more nonfiction. Any particular reason? Is it just uh, you're fascinated maybe with like crime writing or, or more technical? Maybe stuff? it's just that I've been at the library for so long that I've ran out of science fiction. <laughs> right. I got to go over to this side of the now library. Now you got to jump, now, uh, yeah, jump the fence. Are you seeing a lot of traffic in the library? I mean, uh, you know, you and I have talked about uh, some of the things that you guys offer. Um, we've talked about uh, the advancement of technology and the availability mm-hmm. of, of entertainment. But that, ha- have you noticed, has that slowed traffic? Or, or, or is this still, and maybe even more significant than it used to be? I think I would say that things are about even with how they tend to be. We are still recovering from the COVID-19 closures that we all have had to deal with. So at least out in my branch, I can speak for that, that we're about back to the levels from before COVID-19 closed. Wow, that that took a lot longer than you would think that it did, right? It did. And yeah, I, you know, I, we're, all, we're all safe now. Like You can go into buildings. You're pretty much guaranteed to be healthy um but people's routines change yeah you know yeah over two years um so i'd say levels are about where they normally are um, when it comes to covid19 our libraries took a different approach than many yeah up there in ranchester you know, being part of that Sheridan County Library system, being the branch manager up there, did you really uh, like appreciate the approach that this library system took where it's curbside, we're open? Mm-hmm. We were at one point the only library in Wyoming which was open. It's amazing. Um, pretty early. Uh, I think Cameron, our former director, was like, no, I think we can do this. And then was hoping that people would like come together to find a solution for what we could do. Uh, but he had a real clear plan right at the start. And so we never really had operations suspended, which is pretty cool. There are places in the nation where that didn't happen, where yeah. those libraries just didn't do anything. Uh, but yeah, we offered curbside pickup. We were able to... Uh, create a system of sanitizing materials, um, making sure that everyone was safe and healthy and, yeah, weathered that storm. I think it's absolutely amazing. And and I, I feel that that is a real point of, of pride for, for the Sheridan County Library System, being able to remain open safely mm-hmm. for its patrons. I've only got about a minute left with you. When it comes to, uh, Cameron Duff was just an amazing director. Uh, I loved uh, seeing him. I miss him. Uh, but uh, uh, have we, how goes the search for a new director? The search has concluded. Um, as sad as we are to see Cameron go, a new director has been found for the library system. I believe her tentative plan is that her first day will be on August 9th. Okay. So she will be uh, coming in, you know, uh, hopefully to not too much of a mess. (laughs) I think you guys are doing great. Yeah, and um, I'm sure she'll get up to speed quick. No one's had anything but praise to say about her, and uh, we'll 
be back in the saddle, ready to go. That's fantastic. Zach, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate everything that you do. Librarians should be lifted up on pedestals, my friends. You guys are the guardians of our future. Thank you for coming in. Well, yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Another great summer event is coming up soon, the Sheridan County Fair. Fair and livestock exhibitions are the foundation for agricultural promotion and a time to remind everyone of the key role that agriculture plays in our local economy and daily lives. It provides opportunities for youth and adult education. The First Federal Bank and Trust family would like to extend congratulations to all the youth who worked so hard all year long to be able to show at the County Fair. Community is the heart of First Federal. First Federal Bank and Trust, true community banking for over 88 years. Member FDIC. It's the final week of Moss Holder's Bedroom and Dining Sale. From now until Saturday, save on every piece of furniture for your dining room or bedroom. Moss Holder's carries tons of quality solid wood companies and even has real barnwood and handmade hickory furniture for the bedroom and dining room. Choose from a large in-stock selection or order in your perfect items. Either way, you save. You can even save on bunk beds for the kids or just a bar stool or two for your countertop. Moss Holder's Bedroom and Dining Sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holder's, furniture is our passion. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of estate jewelry, including gold, silver, and platinum. With new items arriving weekly, now is the perfect time to stop in. Items include pre-owned Rolex watches, vintage and modern rings, pendants, earrings, and more, all at great values. They're also buyers of gold, silver, and platinum jewelry, paying maximum prices for diamonds and fine gemstones. So hurry in to Legacy Diamond and Gems, where quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Dugard Construction is a leading custom home builder in Sheridan, Wyoming. Their dedicated team brings decades worth of collective experience to the table. A commitment to consistency, quality, and delivering on expectations has produced great relationships with their clients and provided them with lasting memories of a great building experience. To find out why Dugard Construction is the best choice for your custom home, visit dugard.co. D-A-U-G-A-A-R-D dot C-O. Hi, this is Jet West. I am the John B. Kendrick FFA Chapter President. I invite you to come to the Sheridan County Youth Market Livestock Sale, Monday, August 7th, 6 p.m. at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds. We thank all of our buyers and appreciate your time and donation to help us with our projects. This year, we want to give back to you. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is helping us out with a pellet grill to be given away in a drawing. And the Livestock Sale Committee is donating a portion of costs towards processing to one of our great facilities in the area. By purchasing one of the last animals in the sale, you will be eligible to win these great prizes. We thank you again for your time and donation to Sheridan County 4-H and FFA. 